Okay, so this week we're going to be learning the letter Tess from Sefer Eshmilin Rav Kook. Now the letter Tess, one of the few letters in the Sefer that really, in theory, should demand three or four weeks to go over, but for the sake of brevity and keeping the shirim at a digestible amount of time and hopefully under 45 minutes, so we're going to try and give the proper hakdamos to the Os Tess especially when it plays into the thought of Rav Kook, because the Oz test represents ideas that for Rav Kook rest at the foundation of his system, if you can say such a thing. Now, before we introduce the Oz test from Rav Kook, I just thought it significant to, to discuss for a moment the fact that Bahashkacha, we're learning Oz tests in the Aleph base tonight, and, and tests in the Aleph base can be seen as Tisha B'Av, um, the ninth letter in the Aleph base. Av spells out Aleph base, so... Tisha B'Av, or Tet B'Av, can represent the letter Tess in the Aleph base. And Rav Tzadok HaKohen Lublin writes in Pritzadik, he writes at length, and I'm actually going to, to read a little bit of it, that the Chodesh of Av, it's not only Tisha B'Av that's associated with the letter Tess, but the entire month of Av is associated with the letter Tess. And therefore, it's Kedai to understand a little bit about how Tess plays into Tisha B'Av and Av in general, and how we're going to see that it fits in very nicely with what Rav Kook sees in the Ostes. So Rav Tzadok and Pri Tzadok, Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av says as follows, he says, And this takes place specifically in this month, and it's written in Sefer Yitzira, and the Av B'Shana, that we root the letter Tess in the world, and the month in which we root the letter Tess is the month of Av. And Rav Sadok continues to say, V'isa b'vavakama, nun heyom n'alef, and in Maseches b'vavakama, we're told, Haroa tes b'chalomo, somebody who sees a tes in his dream, simen yafelo. It's a good sign, and it's an auspicious sign for the individual. Ho'il pasach b'yakosav l'toiva b'tchila, because the pasach brings up the word tova, which starts with a tes. Shami b'reishis, Rav Sadok says, from b'reishis, ad v'yar lokem asaor kitov, lok siv tes, that until v'yar or Kitov, until we come to the Pasuk where Hashem sees the world and decides that it's good, we don't have the letter Tess in the Torah. The first Tess is the Tov. And this month was created in the Oz Tess. We know from Rav Tzadok and other Tzadikim that the first instantiation of something in the Torah is also its root. So if you want to understand the spiritual source of something, you want to try and look to its first place in the Torah. So if we want to try and understand the Oz Tess, we have to understand the first place it appears, and that's by the that's by the word of Tov, Vayar or Kitov. Tests will always be associated with Tov, like Chazal tell us, that a person who sees tests in their dream, they could be Yitzapel Tov. The Zawar HaKadosh in the Hakdama on Daf Gimel Amad Aleph states, in the process where the Aleph base, the Osios of the Aleph base, were coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kodem Ha'olam, asking for the world to be created with their letter. And all of the osios are told with different tainos from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, different responses that that letter is not kedai, the letter is not appropriate to be the first letter of the Torah. And the Zayar HaKadosh says in Saktama Daf Gimel Aleph that the reason that the os test is not appropriate is because tovo ganizbe, its good is concealed within it, its good is contained within it. And it goes on to say that 
if we were to create the world with the Oz test, there would be no alma hazet. There would be no this-worldliness that operates according to concealment, but rather the tov of the Oz test is concealed l'asid level, l'alma da'asi, that the Oz test represents a certain level of the future, it represents the ore that will be revealed in the future. Rav Tzadu continues at length in Pritzadik in multiple places expressing that Chodesh Av in particular, and Tishabav in particular, which marks destruction and separation and darkness and all of the distortions that we experience on a collective and a personal level, that the Os Tess represents the hidden and concealed good within the apparent acts of darkness, within the apparent acts of concealment and destruction. Like Chazal tell us that Mashiach ben David is born on Tishabav, that Dafka mitoycha churban, dafka within the destruction itself, we find this tov haganuz. But if Tzadik goes on in the name of Tzadikim, in the name of the Zohar, in the name of Balshem Tav Akadosh, that this tov, this tov haganuz, which is representative of the or haganuz, the light that Akadosh Baruch Hu concealed according to Chazal at the beginning of creation, so that Rishaim, so that evil would not partake of this light, so that evil would need to go through the proper processes of Sharva Onesh before actually being able to experience the light of Akadosh Baruch Hu. So Chazal tell us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to conceal the Tov at the beginning of creation. Now, Svar Makdoshim tell us that this Tov was concealed within the Osios of the Torah. And according to the Zohar, the Tov is concealed within the Ostes itself. Ar-Kedekach, that Rav Tzadok's Rebbe, the Meishiloach, Rav Mordechai Yosef of Ishbitz, he says something remarkable in Parshas Balak and Chilak Aleph. And I'm happy to have the ability to share this because when I saw it, I really, I was mitpaleh, but I didn't know when I would have the ability to share it. The Meshulach says as follows in Parshas Balak. He says, V'gam ha-pasuk hazeh, this pasuk, hu pasuk ha-tishii. This is the ninth pasuk, mehatchalah haseder. This is the ninth pasuk from the beginning of the Parsha. U'b'chol makom nimsa v'pasuk ha-tishii, kavana amuka mikfi shenira la'ayin al-pi pshuto. That any time you come across a ninth pasuk, you have to assume that there is a deeper level of understanding. There is a deeper level of insight or essence contained within the Pasuk in spite of what you see on the Pshat level. And in the Gilion, in the Ksavyad of the Meshilach that was written afterwards, he says, Ki had romes Yosef that the ninth letter test is representative of the Midah of Yesod, is the Midah of Yosef HaTzadik. And the Tzadik always contains within itself something concealed, like it's written in the Zayar Kadosh in Bereshus Gimel Amar Aleph. The Ois Tes Tuvach Sasim Begavich Lesasim Begavich. That the good of the Ois Tes is concealed within it, and it is hidden within it. So what Rav Tzadok says, and and clearly he was receiving this from his Rebbe. Like we know, so many of his teachings are received from his Rebbe. Whenever he writes Shemati, it means that he was receiving it directly from the Meshilach. But we see from the Oz test by the Tzadike Ishbitz, by the Tzadike Leblin, that the Oz test is representative of a good that is concealed, yet the good is still there, and it's our job to descend into the good, into the negativity, I'm sorry, into the darkness, and reveal that within the darkness itself, there's a hidden tov. There's a tov hatzafun l'reyacha. There's a tov that is concealed within the severity of the world for those who are capable of penetrating and dwelling within the negativity and not losing hope. With that, we are going to introduce Rav Kook's take on the Oz test. For Rav Kook, one of the main facets of Rav Kook's thought, one of the main facets of the entire system of Rav Kook's approach to Kabbalah is the concept of Klal Uprat, is the distinction and the distortion that takes place from the differentiation between the concept of a Klal, of a general category, and a Prat, which is a specific part. 
Now for Rav Kook, we're not simply talking about categories of order, but Klal and Prat also represent on an ontological level aspects of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in this world. Ad Kadekach, that a Klal represents HaKol, it represents everything, it represents unity without differentiation, it represents Yichud Ilah, it represents the lofty perspective of things by which we are able to perceive things in their ideal manner from the perspective of the Idealim HaElokim, the godly ideals. From the perspective of the Klal, everything is Mesudar, everything is Maleor. Yet from the perspective of the prat, from the perspective of distortion and distinction and the part, a person is forced to confront the fact that things break apart in the world and that reality is fragmented at its core. Like we discussed last week with the osches, that after the shvira, all of reality is fragmented and fractured after this post-trauma, if you will, that existence is born out of the trauma of the originary fragmentation, and everything afterwards is simply engaging with different prate pratim, specifics and particulars that appear at first glance to be devoid of order and devoid of meaning. For Rav Kook, these two zramim, these two streams of experience, these two streams of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world, the klal on the one hand, the or in its fullness in its full manifestation and the prat, its part, the broken part, the chatzi, the half, the things that are broken apart, these always work side by side with one another. And he discusses at length in Oros HaTorah, the differentiation between the Tamid Chachamim who are capable of only looking at the Klalei Torah, the general principles that inform the Torah, and the Prate Prate Halachos, which are very difficult sometimes for the Tzaddik to be yored into. And in Oros HaKodesh Chilek Gimel, Chilak Aleph, I'm sorry, not Chilak Emo, Chilak Aleph, he has an entire chapter called Raze HaPratiyut VaHaKlaliyut, where Rav Kook goes at length to describe the interaction and the interrelationship between the Klal and the Prat, between the whole and the part, between the Shalim and the Chaser, between the presence and the absence, between the masculine and the feminine, between the Or and the Choshech, between the Torah and Tefillah, which is rooted in brokenness and in the Prat itself. Now, for Rav Kook, it's not enough for there to be a klal. It would have been simply HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his infinity if Hashem only let the world operate according to klalim. Like we discussed at length in the name of Rabbeinu Azriel of Gerona, Alpi the Shita of the Leshem and the Arizal in understanding the notion of why Hashem created the world, that infinity kavyachal, or in sof needed to manifest B'Koyach HaGvul, the infinite needed to manifest in the finite. The unlimited needed to show that it was capable of manifesting in limitation. And the purpose for this, the reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kav Yachol needed to manifest in limitation, in the prate pratim, in the details that appear to be separate and distinct from one another, that appear to be fragmented and devoid of order, the purpose for this is that Hashem needs to be able to show Kav Yachol that even within disorder, even within the descent away from the Tlaliyot, the descent away from the universal ideals and the universal ethic and the universal emuna, the Kedusha and Yichud even in the Yichud Tata, even in the darkness, even in the Shvira, even in the brokenness, even in the Pratiyut, the Pratiyut, the particular of the particular where a person very often finds themselves lost and devoid of any order, 
that even there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can reveal his greatness. Even there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could show his kavod. Like Chazal say that, Kishem HaKadosh Baruch Hu the same way that the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes out of Gan Eden, out of the klal, out of things being perfect and clear and unified, so too does the kilos, the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes out of Gehenim, out of the prat, out of the detail, out of the brokenness, out of the shvira, out of the distortion. And the benefit, if you will, that comes about by revealing this kayachagvul, by disclosing this capacity of limitation, is that the unity that comes about afterwards is all the more greater. That it's one thing for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be clear and present when there is no distortion. It's another thing for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to show that even distortion is not distortion. That even Choshech lo mimcha. That or does not need the proper vessel to reveal itself, but it reveals itself everywhere and in every place. This is what the Balatanya was coming to show us with his Shita of Dira B'Tachtonim, according to the Rebbe Rashab in, in the beginning of Hemshech Samach Vav, that specifically in the Tachtonim, specifically in the Prate Pratiyut, in the details of our lives, in the details of, exist- of existence, Daika there we need to be able to reveal and disclose the Tlaliyut. The secret, according to Rav Kook, is that Klal and Prat, the whole and the part, Shlemus and Chisaron, presence and absence, all of these binary oppositions which appear to be so distinct from one another, in truth, they are both unified in the Or Ein Sof, that both have a place in the Or Ein Sof, that the Yichud Ilah of Shema Yisrael, the pure unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, without distinction and without distortion, as well as the Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus as well as the Yichud Tata, which represents Hashem's presence, His impossible presence in a world that appears apparently devoid of Kedusha, that both of those find themselves within the Keter Ilah, within the Or Ein Sof that precedes the Aleph, that precedes the manifestation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu into creation through limitation. That for Rav Kook, it's not that the Prat needs to be reabsorbed back into the Klal. It's not that the detail or the broken part needs to be reabsorbed back into the perfection so that it's as if there was never brokenness, but rather the brokenness itself enlargens and magnifies and intensifies the level of unity that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals to the world by showing us that it is not only in the places of fullness and kaliyut that I can be found, but it is specifically and also in the places of brokenness and pratiyut and, and particularism that I can be found. Ad kedekach that the Arizal, whose yard said it is tonight, hey Av, and his... Talmud bin Neshama, the, the Rashash, Rav Shalom Sharabi, and Rav, the Rashash is Talmud Mufak, Rav Chaim de la Rosa, the Torah Chacham, who is one of the most difficult Kabbalah Sfarim, and Ravit Shemayar Morgenstern Shlita came into the world, according to many of his Talmudim, to interpret the Sefer of Torah Chacham. They write in multiple places that the deepest secret of Kabbalah Sa'ariza, the deepest secret of Panimiya Satora, is that the Klal and the Prat are Shav that the generality, the unity of it all, and the prat, the brokenness of it all, if you penetrate and investigate deeply enough, you will find that within the prat, you touch the cloud, that there is nothing that is truly separate from the klaliyut hakol, that even in the fragments of existence, even in the brokenness of existence, we are capable of descending to the bottom to disclose and reveal retroactively that this brokenness is part of a greater whole. Like the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh says multiple times, like the Baal Shem Tov says multiple times, he says that, HaTofes Chelek Mena Etzem, Tofes Etza Etzem Kulo, somebody who touches a part of the essence 
touches the entirety of the essence. Because for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be koyach bilti gvul, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be the infinite capacity without limitation, for Hashem to reveal the capacity of limitation, the koyach gvul through the tzimtzum, it is our job to reveal that the koyach gvul, this limitation, is simply another aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unity. Like we said in the first year, based on the Nazir's reading, of Rabbi Azriel, how that stood at the apex of Rav Kook's Shita in Kabbalah, that there is Shlemus, there is a static perfection, and there is Hishtalmut, a dynamic perfection of the world becoming perfect, to the point that the Klal and the Prat are unified. For Rav Kook and for most of our tzaddikim, again, Rav Itchemeyer Morgenstern's Talmud Mufak, Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld recently put out a three-volume sefer on Rechov HaSanar, Ketzitz HaShemesh, and in Chilek Gimel, there is about a hundred pages called Maimer HaPrat V'HaPlal, where he shows that all of the ideas, basically, that we're going to be reading in Rav Kook are contained in all of the Mikubalim and all the Balei Hasidus, the Prat, the Tzadike, Zidachav, and Kamarna, and the Atar Tzvi, and his Perush Al HaZohar HaKadosh. But nevertheless, we're going to be showing it from Rav Kook himself, the Sfas Emes deals with this at length, especially in Parshas Paratius, when he goes through the Klal Pratu Klal, that first HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to reveal himself in absolute unity. Then there had to be a descent away from absolute unity through the fragmentation, through the trauma of the Shira, into the manifold parts that appear devoid of order. And it is our job to descend into the Prat and reveal that the Prat is also part of the Klal, so that according to Ravichemeyer Morgenstern, we disclose this Tosefet Kishut, this additional adornment of infinitude that Hashem can not only manifest in or, but Hashem can manifest in the Kli as well to disclose that the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is above and beyond the distinctions that we typically make between light and darkness or good and evil, v'chuleh, v'chuleh. Now, this avoda of descending into the Prat, of descending into the Makomos HaMetunachim, of descending into the Choshech of the Prat that appears to the Tzadikim as devoid of the Or HaKlaliyut, this avoda is a difficult avoda. This avoda is the avoda of the tzaddik. The tzaddik, the righteous individual who is no longer afraid of being stuck within klipa, of being stuck within chitzonius, dafka the tzaddik is capable of descending into the pratiyut of the bria, into the fragmented aspects that appear to be devoid of light, and to reveal and to show and to disclose retroactively that those prate pratiyut are also contained within the or haklaliyut. And the Ostes, we're going to see, and, and this is true by all and I don't have the time to show the Makoros, but if you look at the Kilos Yaakov, and you look at the Zayar HaKadosh, you see time and time again that the Ostes is typically represented by the Midah of Yesod, the Midah of the Tzaddik, because when you're counting the Sviros from Keser or Chachma, depending on how you're counting, from down, from up to down, the ninth Svira is always going to be Yisod. So the Ostes, like the Meshilach showed us, is going to be connected to the Tzaddik because the Tzaddik contains this capacity to reveal the good in the world. But at the same point, it's done bitzniyut. Yosef HaTzaddik was the paradigm of Tzniyut. The Vilna Gon shows us in the Hakdama to Tzafr the Tzniyusa that the entirety of Soda Satora, Sod is Mekushar Sod, and it's Davka the Tzadikim who are Shomer the Yisod, who are capable of disclosing Pnimiya Satora. Pnimiya Satora is Tolu B'Tzniyus, which is why the deepest Sefer is Tzafra the Tzniyusa. It's a book of concealment because there's a Tzniyus, there's a modesty associated with this, that the Tov has to remain concealed within itself. It can't be revealed. 
because if the tzaddik were to reveal that even in the prate pratios, even in the fragmented aspects of being and the world and the suffering that we experience on the day-to-day level, that if it was clear to everybody that that too was part of the Kaliyos, that that too was part of the aura of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then there wouldn't be room for Bechira. And as we've said time and time again in this year, in the entire process of Reish Milin is showing how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world with the possibility of Bechira without negating his presence in the world. That's the entire process of the Sefer from Aleph to Tuf, as we're going to see. So it's incumbent upon the Tzaddik, it's incumbent upon the individual who can descend into Prate Pratiya to keep this a secret, to keep it personal, to remain anonymous, as we're going to see, to not yell at Bakole Kolos, because if we were to do that, we would be Mavata the Bechira. And with that introduction, which I wish can go much longer, we're going to begin to look at the words of Rav Kook, because Ostas is a little bit longer of a letter. It's a very beautiful letter. He contains a lot of allusions in it and Ramazim that we might not be able to get into. I hope to Bezra Sashem write them up. But with that introduction of Rav Kook um, and the notions of Klaliyut and Pratiyut and the Shita of Rav Kook, we're going to enter into the letter test. Rav Kook says as follows. He says, Otser hatov The storehouses of good have already filled themselves up. Ha-pratim kulam mitma'alim All of the pratim, all of the particulars, have already been filled in their content. Test for Rav Kook is representative of its gematria, which is number nine. And in the numerical theory that Rav Kook is working with, all there is is one to nine. Ten already, the yud is going to be a return to the taliyut. After the descent into the Pratiyut, it's going to show how everything that we experience from Aleph to Taf is contained within the small punctiform point of the Yud itself. But up to test, we have the full expansion and the full expression of Pratiyut in its fullness. That up to test, we have personal names, we have individual numbers. And up to the number nine, we experience distortion and fragmentation because one is different than two and two is different than three. But when you come to 10, you're returning back to the beginning and showing that all of these nine were part of a unit. The same is true when you look at the spheros according to the numbers, that by the Mida of Yesod, the Mida of Yesod contains everything within it until we come to Malchus, which contains everything back into one cloud. So Rav Kook says that ha-pratiyim kulam mitma'alim kumam. All of the pratiyim that we can imagine Imagine. All of the distinctive fragments of being are expressed. And we've come to the place where all of the camp of individual numbers, one to nine, are ready to be incorporated within the klal, the klal hamispari, which is ten. That these nine now stand to be reabsorbed into the klaliyut. But Rav Kook's main fear here, like all the tzaddikim, is that in spite of the fact that our job is to reveal the klaliyut hakol and how everything is unified, we cannot lose sight of the distinction and the differentiation of creation. We cannot lose sight of the fragmented nature of creation because, like we said, it is dafka through the fragments, it is dafka through the differentiation that we're capable of revealing a greater level of kedusha. So Rav Kook in this Os is going to be trying to show us how in spite of the fact that 9 is right at the cusp of 10 where Pratiyut, where particularity melts into Plaliyut, into universality, here Rav Kook is showing us how in spite of the fact that Pratiyut is entering into Plaliyut, we can still save the Pratiyut. We can still allow individualization 
and particularity to exist within the klal itself to the point that it doesn't disturb the klal yutakol, but rather it adds to the klal. That by entering the prat into the klal, we show that the klal itself contains within itself pratiyut. Rav Kook continues and he says, that we now have these individual numbers that are prepared to enter into the generalized number which is represented in the Osiud. The Olam HaHachana, the world of preparation, from Aleph to Tuf is the world of preparation, that we are preparing the individualized fragments and showing how each of them are connected. Bechol Oshro Vetuvo Humutar, it is crowned in all of its grandeur and glory, it is done. We are done with Aleph through Tuf, we have shown how Aleph leads to Bez, and Bez leads to Gimel, and Dalit leads to Hay, and Vav leads to Zion and Ches leads to Tess and we're ready to show how they're all unified Sama HaTov HaGanus the Os Tess represents the concealed goodness that is revealed in the Yud Hispashtu Tachayim Miyamino now Rav Kook is going to be talking about what the Os Tess looks like if you look at the Os Tess and I don't have a picture of it unfortunately but the right side of the Os Tess is a Vav that bends its head within itself and the left side of the Os Tess is going to be a Zion and this is according to many Rishonim with regards to the halachos of how to write it. Although there are machloksim how to write it, Rav Kook was according to the shitos of the Rishonim that he was following, the Ostes is a Vav on the right and a Zion on the left. And Rav Kook is going to describe how the Os Vav, which we discussed in previous weeks, which represents the Hispashtut, which represents the Kaliyutakol, and the Zion, which represents the weapons that we use to fight off negativity, both of those are fundamentally needed when we're trying to understand how the Tet can contain its Pratiyut and not lose its own individualized identity in spite of its being reabsorbed into the Or of Kaliyut. Rav Kook continues. He says, Havav Hayamini, Omer Chamush V'sovea B'Shifat Tuvo. The right vav remains girded and satisfied in the expression of its goodness. Individuality, particularity is not recognizable except to the individual themselves. This is a profoundly psychological take which remains absolutely true according to Shitos in modern psychology that individuality and particularity at its core is only irreducible with regards to the individual vis-a-vis themselves. That at the end of the day, in our interactions with other people, in our interactions with other pratim, with other particular identities, it is very difficult for us to identify the fundamental individuality of ourselves, the necessity of our individuality, individual personalities. But when a person is beno ulebein atzmo, when a person is within themselves, contemplating HaKadosh Baruch Hu, being mitbodeid within themselves in that holy loneliness of hitbodedut, dafka there a person is able to discern the or hapratiyut that Rav Kook describes. It is only recognizable within itself when there's tsnius, when the vav bends its head into the test to remain concealed like we saw from the Zohar. L'fichach lo yitrabu hashemot to be honest, I have tried and davened on this piece in Rav Kook. I don't know how to fully describe this part, It's a phrase that I couldn't find elsewhere. I found it in, a, in the Kara Kemach, but contextually it didn't make sense. Um, what Rav Kook might be saying here is that because the Pratiyut has finally arrived at, at the limit, 
the pratyut has finally arrived at its full expression and we're standing on the cups of entering into Klaliyut again. So therefore, we don't have any more proper names. We don't have any more specific individual identities because from Aleph to Taf, it represents all of the particular identities that are possible within the world of distinction and particularity. And Rav Kook continues and he says, this personal reflection, the skiraha pnimit, Gonezes esatov, it conceals the tov within itself because a person very often recognizes that the only way that we can actually feel like particular individuals that are significant in and of themselves without being nullified in the klaliyutakol, in the universals of the world, that is only when a person contains the good within themselves, when there's a tzniyut with it, when it's that noida b'shar mbala, and the Zara Kadush says on the Pasuk, noida b'shar mbala, that each and every individual is able to conceive of themselves and of a Kaddish Baruch Hu according to the conjecture of their own heart. Rav, Rabbi Nachman, Zecher Tzadik Lebracha, brings this down in Os Aleph and Sichos Aran when he talks about how each and every individual has their own particular grasp of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And the reason for that is that each and every individual has their own particular world that that each person has the gates within their heart that they're capable of of hashra'a, of conjecture of Kedusha. And it only remains individualized and particular, protected from being nullified in the greatness and the universal light of it all, that only takes place because it is gonezes asatov, it contains itself within itself. The kofefes es rosh havav bahamshacha el tocho, and the vav descends into itself to keep itself tsanua and concealed and remaining in its individual significance. On the left side, like we said, we're going to have the Zion. Omid hu ha Zion, koyach hakerev vahamilchama me'avar lezeh, vekoyach hamechalchel umazin me'avar mizeh. Like we discussed in Zion, that Zion represents clay. Zion represents weapons on the one hand, and it also represents the Lashon of Zan Esakol, of, of satiating all the creations. Now, the weapon itself is there to fight against, to cut through the things that distort reality, but they're also there to protect and ensure that reality is capable of manifesting itself in its fullness. Protecting the pratiyut, protecting the individuality of the of the person, protecting the particular light of each and every prat in creation so that we can reveal a greater level of unity at the end, that is done through the Kaya Hazayim that stands beside Hatsmoli on the left side. Shomer es Otsar Hachayim. It is protecting the storehouses of light of life, and the particular content, the individualistic part of reality that remains fragmented in itself, it is protected from all destruction and loss. Because again, if the klal is revealed in its fullness, the prat is destroyed. Without Simpson, there would be no room for creation. If light was able to manifest itself without limit, without differentiation, then there would be no room for particularity. There would be no room for individualism. 
But as we saw in Os Aleph, the entire purpose of the creation of the world, according to Rav Kook and according to the Arizal, Alpi, the Shita of Rabbeinu Azriel, Megirona, is that the Ein Sof Kaviachol needs to show that it can manifest in limitation as well. And therefore, we don't want the Pratiyut, we don't want the particularity to be nullified. We want it to remain, to show and to magnify and to disclose a deeper level of unity that can manifest in spite of all of the distortions, in spite of all of the darkness, in spite of all of the concealment and the hester. Rav Kook continues, and he says, Mikol Tsar Vishusa, the Zion on the left of the test protects the Pratiyut, the individual particular nature of Or, from all enemies and all destruction. Chazaku habasis hatachtiti hashomeret shal pratiyut. Now Rav Kook is talking about the bottom of the test, that on the one hand, on the right you have the Vav, on the left you have the Zion, on the bottom you have the thicker partition, the thick Yesod, and Rav Kook is saying that this foundation that rests at the bottom is there to ensure the sturdiness of pratiyut, is there to ensure that the light of particularity that Rav Kook describes, the orha pratiyut is there and not nullified by the revelation of klaliyut, so that reality and existence does not lose its purpose. And he continues to say, that protects the value of life of individualism and particularity. Ha'achadim, the singular numbers, one to nine, as we said. Rav Kook is not saying here that the pratiyut is greater than klaliyut chas b'shalom. Yichud ilah, the revelation of klaliyut, of universality, of the achdus hashav, the unified and, and simple infinitude of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that is obviously a greater level of revelation. So he's saying that Pratiyut needs to be protected, not because it's greater than Klaliyut, but because what it can reveal afterwards is a greater level of Klaliyut. But Pratiyut brings with itself distinction and distortion and differentiation and fragmentation. So it's not simply because the Os test represents this profundity of the Tzaddik, but it's Dafka because it represents the places of Hester, and the Chodesh Av, like we saw from Rav Tzaduk, the, the, the Shvira, the destruction of the Batei Mikdashos. The Pratiyus is why we have all Simpson, why we have all destruction. But in spite of that all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu protects it with this thick barrier, this thick partition that stands at the bottom, protecting the individual particular from being swallowed up and negated within the light of the collective and the universal. The bottom of the test is protecting the pratiyut and the particularity so that it not descend and get sunk within the depths of darkness. The shagambiradasam, and that even in its descent, even when we descend into prate pratiyut, which we said represents the hester and the tsimsum and the chataim and the bilbulim and the anxiety and everything that a person experiences in their day to day individualized existence. Even when it descends down there, Yardu Yurida Efsharit, that Hakadush Baruch has prepared it that the Prat descends out of the cloud. The Prat comes out of the cloud like the Kayacha Gvul from the Bilti Gvul, like the Kalim from the Or, like the Tsimsum from the Or in Sof, and it descends. But it is not a descent that remains in its descended form, stuck in darkness but it is a darkness that elevates itself back up to Kedusha, like we see by the Klal Pratu Klal, that in the beginning there's the Klal, then there's the Prat, and only afterwards there's the Klal. I, I would read, if I had time, 
Rav Kook and Olus Ra'ayah Chelek Aleph, this is a Makor that if anybody is moved by this letter, it, it is Kedai to look at it inside. Rav Kook's beautiful treatment of the Yud Gimel Ikre, uh, the Yud Gimel Mido Torah Nidreshes Behem, the 13 hermeneutical principles in which the Torah is discerned according to Rabbi Yishmael. And the Nazir HaKadosh has an, a remarkable treatment of this from a philosophical perspective in a Sefer called Hanavua. He used to give Shiram in it. Rav Kook on Klal Pratu Klal describes this entire process in explicit detail that there's the Klal, there's the unified whole, then there's the Prat that descends out of it through the Tzimtzum, which represents the Kaya Chagvul, the capacity of limitation and distinction and differentiation and distortion and suffering. And that all leads back up to a Klal that is greater than the original Klal, that it discloses a greater level of Kedusha than was previously had. Rav Kook continues and he says, "Begam Shibaradasam, even in their descent into the depths, Yardu Yurida Shahaliyah Hinocha Afsharit, the Pratiyut experiences a Yurida that is capable of being mitala afterwards. Moirid Sha'ul Vial, based on the Pasuk and Shmuel Bays, that it descends into darkness, into concealment, and it elevates itself back up again. All descent, like we saw by the Otsches, all Shvira has side by side with it a tikkun. All Pratiyut eventually will be revealed to be a greater cloud. And then that klal, according to the Shita of the Rashash and Erche HaKinuyim of Kabbalah, represents that each klal becomes a prat klape vis-a-vis a klal that's higher than it. The aliyah muftachasi, the aliyah of the pratiyut, the elevation of the particulars and the individuals of existence back up into a deeper level of unity, it is promised from before. That is what the thickness of the bottom of the test represents. That in truth, says Rav Kook, that before the descent of the Pratiyut, it was ensured that it would be revealed to be a greater cloud. This is true for Yosef HaTzadik as he descends into Mitzrayim. This is true by the Tzadik who descends into the world of separation, Beprat, by the Kavanos of Nefila Saphayim, the Tzadikim and the righteous individuals and the Jew in 2018 who descends into the world of, of of concealment and fragmentation, our aliyah is promised from beforehand. We are already girded with the strength to return back to the yud afterwards, but that doesn't negate our need to descend into prate pratiyut. Hashem has already promised from beforehand that the tzaddik, the individual, will elevate back up from the descent into particularity, back into the klal, yet it will maintain its individualized existence. We rely on the bottom of the test. Yesod hachayim, the foundation of life. Hamikasher v'hamaached, the tzaddik, which we discussed in Osvav, is represented in Ostes, which connects the elyonim and the tachtonim, unifying the pratiyut and the klaliyut. The yesod hazayin hashomer v'halochim, and the weapon on the left side, the zayin, which fights against all distinction and fights against our proclivity to fall back into universality and lose our individual existence. And it all elevates back into the place of the fullness of the number, that everything is contained within the number nine. 
number nine, the Ostes represents pratiyut in its pratiyut, the individual particular reality of existence in its fullness, all of it combined. We know that the Mida of Yesod, the Mida of Tzaddik is represented in kichol bashamayim uvaaretz, kichol, yeshli kol, the Mida of the Tzaddik is to have everything, yet the Tzaddik needs to remain anonymous in this. The Tzaddik cannot reveal this. The Tzaddik cannot reveal that within the Prat exists the Plow, that within touching the Etzem we experience the etzem kulo, because then we would lose the entire purpose of creation. But the tzaddik understands that even within the nine, even within the tests, even within the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, even within Chodesh Av, it's tuvo ganizbe, the good is concealed within it, waiting to be revealed at its proper time. Shetova na'alem b'pnimiuso, its good is concealed within its interiority. Ubituya, and Rav Kook says something amazing here. Ubituya gamke ne'elam mikol hora'a me'itanu. Afki betach yesh lahatziltzu hora'a mesuma, kemusa. That every letter up until now, from Aleph to Tess, each letter, when it was read out as a word, represented part of that letter, represented an idea contained within that letter. So Aleph, we saw Aleph represented Alufa, or the Targum of Limud. It also represented the shore. The Osbeis represented the bias, the house. The Gimel represented the Gamal, the camel, which represented the Yerida and the Aliyah. The Dalit represented the Delet, which allowed us to elevate ourselves into the world of ideals through Malchus. The Hay was rooted in the Pasuk Halach and Zara. Here, this is what I offered to you. The Vav, we saw were the Vaveha Mutim, um, the connecting hooks that connected the Mishkan, the Zion was the Zaine Milchama, the weapons of war. The Ches was based on the Chayis Amecha, the Nefesh of your people. But by Os Tes, Rav Kook tells us, there's no Remez. The word Tes doesn't mean anything. So Rav Kook, instead of just denying that there's meaning inherent with the word, he says, and he continues, he says, even though it's obvious that the tzilzul, the the vocalization of the test contains within itself a concealed meaning, according to our level of understanding, test doesn't mean anything. But he goes on to say something remarkable. Aval matim hu gamkein ilum hashem Listen to what Rav Kook says here. He says, but, and this is remarkable, he says, the fact that the Os test doesn't have any explicit meaning in the enunciation and the verbiage of it all, it is appropriate for the Os test, the, anan- the anonymity, the Ilum Hashem, Betur Bitsi meaning the anonymity, the, the fact that Os test is devoid of any explicit meaning in the expression of its word, it is appropriate for the Mehus HaTochin HaChavui Shel HaTes. Like we said until now, the test represents the necessity of containing your or within yourself so that your pratiyut can exist even when it is unified with klaliyut. This anonymity, the kedusha, this holy anonymity, Rav Kook sees that in the Os test itself by virtue of the fact that test doesn't have any explicit meaning to itself, which is a profound idea that test doesn't have a particular meaning because the meaning is concealed within itself to ensure that the particularity of things remains in spite of its kaliyut, remains in spite of its re-entrance eventually back into unity. Now, in order to end, I want to just bring this together with a teaching from Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman in Torah Beis in, in Lukutimaran Tanyana discusses a famous idea. He discusses the idea that the Sheshe Simeha 
the six days of mundanity, the six days of the week, which represent the prat, the pratim of one to nine, the removed aspects from the unity of existence, the fragmentation of life, the, the concealment that we experience. And Shabbos represents the klaliyut hakol. Shabbos represents the universality and the achdus hashav, the unified perfection of everything. Now, it's one thing to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Shabbos. It's one thing to reveal the Or from within the Achdus HaPashut of Shabbos, from within the Yud, from within the Klau. But Rabbi Nachman says what we need to do is we need to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu even within the Sheishas Mehachol, even within the Prate Pratiyut of existence, in order so that we can show that there is a unity between difference and unity, that constriction and concealment and light create a greater level of unity to the point that yachid verabim halacha kerabim, that it's one thing to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence from the yachid, from the klal, from the universal. It's another thing to reveal Hashem's unity from within the rabim, from within the distortion and the manifoldness of the particular fragments of creation. And it is our job to show that it's not only in the unity of the klal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can be revealed, but even within the pratiyut, the choshech of the prat, the descent into the particularities, into the fragmentation and the distortions of our lives to reveal the Or HaTov, the light that is concealed within itself. And to connect it back to what Rav Tzadok was saying beforehand, and I'm going to read just a little bit from Rav Tzadok to bring this all together, Rav Tzadok says as follows with regards to Tisha B'Av, which again represents the ninth, the fact that the ninth letter of the Aleph base is associated with is associated with the concealment of the Shvira and the concealment of the Chorban. He goes on and he says, And this month, this month of Av, which was created with the letter of Tess, which is representative of the light which is good. That even though, explicitly speaking, it appears that these months are devoid of light, because both Bate Mikdashim were destroyed during these months, and the Bate Mikdashos were referred to as the light of the world, because from there light came into the world. That the Beis Mikdash is referred to as Oroshal Olam, so why is this month represented by the Ostes? It's based on what the Zohar wrote, that Al-Ostes, that the light of the Ostes, the light of particularity, the light of Shvira, is concealed within itself, is hidden within itself. Like the Pasuk says, How good is the goodness that you have concealed within Within your goodness, Safon, the north, is typically representative of Ra, like the Pasuk says, made Safon that evil will express itself from within the Safon. But the Pasuk here says that the good is contained within the Orhat Safon. Only in this world, which appears to be darkness and night, this the, these months appear to be devoid of light. When this month is fixed by David HaMelech HaValashalom, the Or HaTzadik, Shehu Merkava L'Midas HaMalchus, that he's a Merkava to the Midas of Yesod and Malchus, V'chsev Bechayim Sha'al Mimcha, that by David HaMelech we say the Pasuk that I asked for life, but Ostes Mora Al Chayim, and Ostes represents the life of the Tzadik like it says in the Zohar. 
And Lachain Be'ir Luz, in the town of Luz, which is represented by the Lisbon, which survives destruction, which survives concealment, which we nourish with the light of the Malava Malka, and the absence of Shabbos. After Klal Yutakol, we still maintain the ore of the Prat. The Zohar tells us that the Ostes enlivens this world of Luz, Shasholet Sham Ostzeh, Lo Shalit Bein Malcha Demavis. There was no death there. And in the future, there will not be night. And the light of the moon, the light of Protiyut, the light of Chisaron, the light of darkness will be as light as the Or Hachama, as the light of the sun, as the light of Toliut, as the light of day. And it will be revealed to be like day in this world. And this light is Re- regenerated and rejuvenated in every month, and only then will this month and the Kedusha of this month be revealed. So as we enter into Tishabav, Rav Cook's words about the Ostes represent the Pratiyut, represent the distortion and the fragmentation that rests at the cusp of unity so that we can reveal a deeper level of Kedusha in the world. And when we get to Os Yud Hashem next week, we're going to see how all of the Pratiyut, all of the distortion, reunites itself into a cloud that discloses a deeper level of Kedusha within the world, and the Eishas Chayla Tarasbala, and that which appeared to be devoid of meaning is revealed to be loftier than what we thought was unity.